just another quick reminder, you can tune in on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. The link will be in the show notes below and you can watch these episodes. I'm actually shooting these on video now before I used to just do the audio and I'm posting these. So if you prefer to watch, listen on YouTube, uh, that's cool too. I would love that. Be sure to tune in and subscribe. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors lost their final preseason game to the Denver Nuggets at home in Chase Center, 119-112, and who cares, <laughs> right? That really doesn't matter. It's the preseason. Uh, the most important things, I mean, there were several, several things that stood out, but first and foremost, the starters, they got some run and they looked for the most part crisp. I mean, Steph didn't shoot well, but you know that he'll be ready come opening night on Tuesday against the Lakers. Uh, we saw Clay Thompson for the first time this season, and it's well known that he hadn't played in any of these games and he hadn't really scrimmaged until just, I believe, the day before this game. And he had worked out. I mean, we'd seen video all summer long of him getting shots up, of him working out in different places. So wasn't too worried, but he looked great. 16 minutes, 6 for 10 from the field, 5 for 8 from 3, 3 boards, 1 assist, uh, 17 points. And so awesome. Right? Uh, he probably won't get his fair share of minutes to start the season, but that's okay because of the depth of this Warriors team, especially at the guard spot. We'll talk more about that later. Draymond, this was his first game since punching Jordan Poole, and he looked fine. You know, he looked fine. Uh, 24 minutes, two for seven only, 0 for three from three, two for two from the line, four boards, four assists, six points, triple single. (laughs) But, you know, another thing is that the team looked fine out there. Chemistry issues didn't seem to be any problem at all. Jordan Poole looked fine out there. He shot really poorly, but, you know, whatever. I'm not going to worry too much about that. The chemistry, the vibe wasn't even a question in this one. So I'm not really going to talk about that whole punch thing anymore. Uh, not to just dismiss it, but like I said, I'm I'm tired of talking about it. And if it comes up, if there's like issues down the road, then it'll uh, be addressed, you know, but at this point, it's just about what's on the court. Just time to, at least for me in this respect, move on. You know, Uh, another thing is that we saw James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga actually really, really play well together. That was a big question that we all had. I mean, going back to last season when Kaminga started really popping off the screen because both he and Wiseman are athletic rim running dudes who are great in the dunker spot. And it was a question of how they could fit on the court together. Uh, we saw them and it was kind of a revelation, to be honest, right? There were a couple of really, really nice highlight plays. There was the one where coming got the ball and he faked Aaron Gordon and then drove down the lane and then found James Wiseman on the baseline, the dunker spot, and Wiseman just went straight up and dunked it. That was really impressive to me, Uh, especially for Kaminga. We've talked about him and his decision-making and passing and ball handling, and that was really uh, a nice 
nice play. And then there was the play where Kaminga gave it to Wiseman. He was posting up a little bit outside of the lane. And then Kaminga faked the screen, dipped to the basket, and Wiseman hit him just right there. And Kaminga converted the bucket. That was good to see. You know, that's some nice chemistry. Wiseman had made that same read in the previous game against the Blazers with Jamichael Green actually cut into the basket and Jamichael Green dunked it. So it's good to know that Wiseman is like, you know, feeling the flow of the offense. We've talked about how comfortable he looks and it'll only get better. Uh, There will be ups and downs for sure, but, you know, it's not like he gets the ball and kind of, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Tries to figure out what to do. You know, shoots like a random deep mid-ranger or something like that. So it's good to see that they are in the flow of the offense together. And Wiseman, his line was 17 minutes, seven for nine from the field, only one for three from the free throw line, six boards, three assists, and 15 points. Kaminga, 30 minutes, which is good. He really needs you know as many reps as possible. Uh, six for seven, one for two from three, four for four from the line, six boards, seven assists, two steals, 17 points. That's impressive. If the Warriors can get anything close to this from both or either of these dudes any given night, that's going to be really, really rough for the opposition. I've talked about how the change of pace for the Warriors second unit, I've said the Warriors second unit is going to be nasty, and I still believe that. This game solidified that in my mind even more so. But going from the starters, you know, the Hall of Fame starters, with their crisp, beautiful offense. And then throwing in the young guys who also play that kind of offense, of course, play the system, but have a different level of energy, have a different level of athleticism, have just different size. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting seeing those guys out there. But then with this roster, you saw the different kinds of lineups Kerr can put out there. First and foremost, you know, Moses Moody didn't play. He had a calf injury and it's just a slight one. And then Jamichael Green didn't play with an ankle issue. So they didn't even have their full bench available to them. And, you know, we saw in the second quarter, Jonathan Kaminga just get tons of dunks. The starters were just looking at him like this, this toy <laughs> and they could just throw it up to him. And they kept finding him on the baseline. And the thing is, Kaminga, although he is not as tall as Wiseman, and I said this all last season, he's a really, really quick jumper. He gets off the floor really, really quickly and to the rim. You know, it's not like he has to gather. He just bounces straight up and he gets really high, of course. There was a a, a lob from Draymond. It just looked like he got like halfway up the backboard. So the good thing about Kaminga is you're seeing he's able to, to slowly but surely develop as a guy they can use in different ways. As a guy who, as is, you know, we've said on the show, like is more on ball, can make plays, but can also just be that guy in the dunker spot like Andre used to be, like even JaVale to some extent, you know, like all the big dudes the Warriors have had. And then when you put him in with Wiseman that they have, some chemistry, some synergy going on there. And then Wiseman with Steph and Draymond looks better than he did two years ago when he was a rookie with Steph and Draymond. So it's still a ways to go, but he looks far more dependable 
And as I've said, a focused James Wiseman is a very, very, very useful James Wiseman. <laughs> I mean, and both of them are just making the simple, simple play. And as we all know, if you've watched this Warriors team during the Kerr era, that's all that this offense is about, making the smart, simple play. There's one sequence in this game where Wiseman blocked a shot on one end. May have been a goaltend, but didn't call it, so it's definitely a block. And Kaminga got to the other end on the fast break, got fouled, hit both free throws. What stood out to that to me is like, that's a sequence I hope to see many times over like the next decade. Wiseman blocking a shot and Kaminga getting to the free throw line. Those are things that they will be known for, hopefully, as the years go by. We already know Kaminga can get to the line pretty easily. And hopefully Wiseman can continue to protect the rim. You know, he's a big dude and his instincts are looking better. His feel for the game, his technique, you know, he doesn't look like he's, he doesn't reach anymore. If you notice that his rookie year, if you remember, he used to just try to reach out forward in front of himself to block a shot. He just goes straight up during his rookie year. People would just tell him you're seven feet tall. Just put your hands up, you know, (laughs) put your hands up. And he's, he's doing that. And I, I love to see it. It's just nice to see this roster with so many interchangeable parts. Like we already said that Moses Moody didn't play, but not that they don't need him, but the Warriors didn't miss a beat. They had Clay back for one, and then, of course, Poole. And then you had Kamenga play a ton of minutes, and then you have Dante DiVincenzo. So you have a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things, and that's something that the Warriors have always, always wanted from their roster, from their guys during this dynasty run. Guys who can play both on ball, off ball, uh, somebody like Dante DiVincenzo who can run the point, but also run off screens, play off guard, like having him and pool in a second unit backcourt. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a, a really, really nice weapon to have, you know, just swapping these different parts in and out. I wonder sometimes like if this is top to bottom, the most talented Golden State Warriors lineup during the dynasty. It's funny, right? Because I remember at the beginning of the 2017, 2018 season, uh, back when I actually used to write blog posts, uh, the Warriors roster then was Steph, KD, Draymond, Clay, Zaza, Sean Livingston, David West, Patrick McCaw, Jordan Bell, JaVale McGee, Swaggy P, Omri Caspi, Kavon Looney, Damian Jones. That was a pretty good lineup, especially early on, right? Like we know how Jordan Bell flamed out, but at this time, his rookie year, he was definitely like a solid, solid prospect who was looking to make, you know, some noise. And then McCaw at the time, again, we thought that he was going to be a player, right? Andre's replacement. But again, that became its own thing and he disappeared into obscurity after helping the Raptors beat the Warriors in the finals. And then Damian Jones at the end of the roster, right? Like he was a project who had like two torn pectoral muscles, but he looked like a young physical center who could eventually help the Warriors. So back then there was nobody on the roster that wasn't just a legit NBA player. And now if you look at the Warriors roster, it's Steph, Clay, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, Kavon Looney, and then you have John Kaminga, Andre Godala, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Jordan Poole, 
Dante DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green, and then guys like Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rollins. So it's debatable, right, which team is more talented. I mean, you can also go back further to the 2015-2016 era Warriors where they had Steph, Clay, Draymond, Andrew Bogut, Harrison Barnes, Leandro Barbosa, Festus Azili, Andre Gadala, Sean Livingston, Kevon Looney, Marie Spates. Uh, but then it kind of peters out with like, you know, random dudes like Ian Clark, James Michael McAdoo, and Anderson Verajao, stuff like that. So from top to bottom, it's arguable that this Warriors team could be the most talented. Because I've said this before, and I'll probably keep saying it because I still can't think of a situation where you legitimately have three Hall of Famers on this team, maybe four if Andre Godala gets in. And then three legitimate lottery picks. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, lottery picks in the sense that they are in their first couple years of playing. And I'll say that for James Wiseman, like first legitimate, this is his third year, but this is his second year of actually playing basketball in the NBA. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I think I'm going to have to put my money on Jimmy G and the Niners. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I don't think I've seen that situation where you have this many young prospects who are legitimately this talented, right? Like, of course, every good team has some young guys, but especially at this point of a team's run, it's usually like the the vets who have been through all these finals battles and then some journeymen and then maybe like a couple of patchwork young guys. I mean, we saw this, right, with the with the 2017-18 roster, right? Like the, the Warriors, they had their top heavy part of the roster with the Hall of Famers and then some role player veterans and then a couple of second rounders, right? McCaw and Bell were second rounders. But now it's legitimately three to four Hall of Famers and three top end lottery picks. That's that's never happened, right? I, I've said this also before. So if if you remember this, you know, it's it's almost like the eighty six Celtics if Len Bias you know, RIP didn't pass away. And then later on when they had Reggie Lewis and then RIP, he passed away. Um, But again, those were only individuals, right? Len Bias was going to be awesome, but he was just one dude. So, you know, Wiseman, a number two pick. You have Kaminga, who, again, as a reminder, he was one of the dudes in the 21 draft that people were saying, there are five guys from the 2021 draft who could have been number one in the 2020 draft because 21 was so deep. So, you know, not to just get too far ahead. And just like I looked at the 2017, 2018 team and saw all nothing but positive and potential. Obviously that's what I'm looking at with this roster too. Things might change. Things could happen, 
But right now on paper, I love this team, right? Just like the change of just execution from the starters. And don't get me wrong, like Andrew Wiggins is young, you know? He's like, what, 27? And the execution of those dudes and then bringing in and mixing and matching these different lineups, right? Just the lineup with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and then throwing in Wiseman out there. Yeah, or then throwing in Kaminga or having uh, Poole, Kaminga, Wiseman, DiVincenzo, and Wiggins out there. There's a lot of different looks. And because of the Warriors offense, you just need basketball players, right? Like I said, dudes who can do different things. And that's what's exciting. I think it's one of those things that will help keep this team fresh during the year. They talk about in the past how things kind of get stale, right? And then you need some changes to the roster and then changes to the coaching staff. Those changes have been made. And I think with the the vets, like they want to collect as many titles as possible. If that's one, two, three, who knows? Uh, that's always going to be there. But then you have these young dudes and then seeing them flourish. Uh, I mean, as fans, that's a nice change of pace, right? Like <laughs> you want to see guys like Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman instead of guys like, you know, no offense, but like, you know, Damian Lee or going into the past, Quinn Cook. So I think that evolution is going to be exciting no matter what happens. I look forward to to seeing how this team evolves. I mean, there was a lineup out there with Poole, Steph, Clay, Jonathan Kaminga, and Draymond Green. Think about that lineup, right? Tons of shooting. And then Draymond and Kaminga. That's a really, really interesting small ball lineup. And that's something that hasn't really been tapped very much. Then there was a lineup right after that with Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Kaminga, and Draymond. Again, like we didn't see Kaminga and Wiggins and Draymond play together that often. So for me as a fan, just seeing the rotations and seeing some of these combos, that's what's going to be really, really fascinating as the season goes, especially once you throw Moody and Jamichael Green into the mix as options. So this Warriors team, they can play young and fast they can play big now with james wiseman and they you know have the veteran shooting that we've always had and that kind of play so there's a lot of defensive capabilities offensive capabilities last season one of the problems was like you know verticality right it was like oh this team x is bigger younger more athletic Looking at a team like the Grizzlies last season, I was always wanting to see Kaminga play against the Grizzlies because he was like one of their kind of dudes, right? Young, athletic, strong, all that stuff. And now we have Wiseman back in the fold. So in theory, you could match up with any style of play. You know, it would be great if the young guys had one more year of experience under their belts. But as I've said, this is an embarrassment of riches and... I think that's one of my favorite things about this team and this season is just seeing these young guys evolve and develop even more and seeing how they mix in, mix in with the vets. It's going to be really, really fun to see Wiseman develop that rapport with Steph, Draymond, Clay, and it'll be fun to see Kaminga expand his role with those guys and gain Kerr's trust. And then, of course, when Moody comes back, just seeing him get minutes 
and seeing him try to continue to expand what he does even more so. So I don't know. I could keep going on and on, but we'll see what happens uh, on Tuesday. Wow. I thought I was done with this podcast episode, but real quick, it just got reported by uh, Adrian Wojnarowski that Jordan Poole signed a four-year, $140 million contract extension. Uh, he is a rich man. He got $10 million more than his draft, 2019 draft counterpart, Tyler Hero, also a Wisconsin guy. Uh, I think it's well-deserved. It's crazy how much these dudes make, but it's well-deserved considering the market rate. I think he's better than Tyler Hero. I've said that before. Uh, I'm sure you think that too. I think he has a higher ceiling. He can be more, obviously, than Tyler Hero is. I think Tyler Hero's ceiling is just as a glorified role player, a very, very good player, but a role player at that. And, you know, I think this was always going to be a done deal. It was reported that the Warriors are trying to get this pool extension done before the October 17th deadline for his rookie extension. And once that first knuckle, <laughs> Draymond's first knuckle touched Poole's face, I was like, this is this is a done deal. It's inevitable. They have to get this done before the deadline. Because if they didn't, it was just going to be another variable that was going to linger and hover around this Warriors team. So felt like they would get it done. They did. Good on them for spending the money. That, again, will bring up questions. I said I don't want to talk about the punch very much, but like, this is not about that. This is about just an issue that was already in existence, which is signing Wiggins and then maybe, maybe not extending Draymond after the season. So... It's always been true to me that Poole was the most critical one out of all these guys, at least in this point in time. As I've said many times, if you've listened to this podcast, he's so critical to what the Warriors do with Steph and Clay. It allows Kerr to rest those guys. It allows him to slow play, bring in Clay back into the fold. If he doesn't play his regular minutes right away, then that's more time for Jordan Poole. He can plug and play for Clay. He can plug and play for Steph. He can play both guard positions in general. So he's somebody that you definitely, I mean, after all this development with him, he's somebody that you definitely want to hold on to, right? Like there's not many people like him in the league and he's your guy. I will readily say that I didn't think Jordan Poole was going to be a very good player. You know, a lot of people can say like, oh, I knew it all along, but hey, that's fine. Great. Congratulations. Get a job as a scout. But to me, he, in his rookie year, he didn't shoot well. You know, he didn't shoot well and he didn't seem to be that athletic, but he's honed his craft. You got to reward the hard work. You know what I mean? He proved so many people wrong. So congratulations to him. And this wasn't because like we looked at him and we didn't see the obvious talent. No, this was because Jordan Poole took what he had and he took the opportunity and he worked his tail off. So he deserves all the credit and he deserves all the flowers and deserves all this money, I guess, you know, in this, in this NBA market. So congrats to him. And, uh, you know, again, 
moving on. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show, on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Doug.